Since I discovered your identity, I've been keeping an eye on everything you do. You and your delightful Aunt May. I take it back. Threatening my aunt is now the stupidest thing you've ever done. I am not here to fight. I am here to make a deal. A simple one. You will agree to never put on the Spider-Man mask again. In exchange, your Aunt May lives. Back to the bin. Skype, 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 in. Skype, Skype, there it is on my screen, coming through right now. Going off the rails on a scopping train. Easy like Sunday morning. Easy, easy like Sunday morning. And there you go. So, I've been watching Jessica Jones. Have you watched that? Not Season yet, I two? haven't. I gotta say, uh, there was there's this is not a spoiler. There's a character in there that you and I talked about recently. Uh, you remember Doctor Carl Malice? No. He's the guy that was the guy. If I, if I remember correctly, he was the guy behind the people in the uh, wrestling. Uh, wasn't he the guy? Behind the wrestling, the superpowered wrestlers. Was it? I, I don't oh. remember. Yeah, he's the guy that he was like douchey looking with the glasses and everything. He was like a hippie because that's the way they kind of portrayed. In uh, yeah, here, here we yeah, Carl Malice. Yeah, once I send this picture. All right, let me just send. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Remember the power broker and all that? The guy that was creating. He was behind creating the. Um, oh, did, did he? He was the one who did the uh, those those pills that what's his name was taken? Nuke was taken. I. Uh, or not? <laughs> oh, what you mean from the first season? Yeah. Well, no, that was Kozlov, but is that Kozlov's never... dog? <laughs> yeah, but uh. Anyway, we should do this because it's, like, it's already like nine twenty. Okay, let me just send you this one picture, and then you because you you'll remember we were ta- talking about him. I think it was in the one with uh, the cap issue with uh, I don't know. 
Well, that never suggests. Ah, here. This is the one. I'll send you this this link, and you can pull that up. I know we talked about him, and it was. I'm pretty sure it was on the the issue we did that was the end of the thing, the last issue of the, the thing, thing. The hoof. Or the uh, or the one. You know what? Maybe it was the one I did with Scott, the D-Man episode. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was me and Scott that did it. Now that I think about it, the Avengers Spotlight D-Man. There's the link. There's the picture. So, he looks familiar. It's been an interesting uh, season. I got like another two episodes left. Some things I didn't see coming, but it's pretty self-contained. It doesn't. It's it's not drawn from uh, anything from the other ones really. There's not any bleed over with Daredevil at least yet. There's only two episodes. I haven't seen Luke Cage, which I was glad because I'm like, you know what? If they keep falling back on, you know, oh, you got to bring Luke Cage in, you got to bring this person in, you got to bring that person in. But uh, no, it's been good. So, all right. Enough, enough talk. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and I am joined once again by Arnold Schwartz, uh, Dr. Bill Robinson. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Uh, I have the high ground. Oh, sorry. That was me doing uh, my Ian McGregor, uh, uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, that's me, Obi-Wan. Hang on, Obi-Wan Schwarzenegger. Hang on. This is good stuff. It's all going to be on the cutting room floor. I can't just turn the things on and off with the top of a hat, you know. I get feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Wow, Aunt May has some roses on her head. Jeez. Wow, 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 feelings. Sorry about that. That's okay. I gave you some more Arnold fodder. Okay, I'll play with that later. I was singing feelings. <laughs> so, uh, we're here today, and we were talking. We are about the gathered here today. The joint. Wait. Oh, sorry. I almost gave it away. We were talking about what should we do today, and anybody who's recently listened to our Freaky Five about our top five, our top five issues. We'll recall we talked about maybe doing some of those issues and giving them the uh, Avengers Spotlight treatment. Oh, wait, wait. This, oh, I thought you meant, like, other issues. Never mind. Glad you <laughs> said that before I opened up. <laughs> yeah. That would have been embarrassing. I'm kind of glad, too. <laughs> so today today we're actually doing, I think, one of the easier ones to cover. It's Amazing Spider-Man 131, and as I've mentioned numerous times on this show uh that was the first book that i ever bought as a comic collector as opposed to just a you know young preteen buying comics and it stands out in my memory for that reason and so we decided to cover this one before we get to the book uh do you have anything to, to add other than uh, arnold Oh, you mean general comic news? Yeah. Uh, I think before we started, I was just saying I've been watching Jessica Jones, uh, but I don't know when this is going to go up, but it's on Netflix. Got two more episodes to the end. The season's been pretty good so far. Yeah, I haven't gotten no, to I still haven't even finished The Punisher Because I know you haven't watched... What? You haven't watched The Punisher yet? Yeah, we watched. We started it, and, uh, and we got derailed, and I haven't seen... Not that I didn't like what I saw, but... 
and just haven't gotten a chance to finish it out yet. I'm I'm actually not watching that many of the TV shows anymore. I'm watching. I'm staying up on the Flash, and not a heck of a lot else. It's just I don't I, know. We we there is starting. I guess there is an an oversaturation point where, and it's not so much. Oh, I don't want to see any more comic stuff. But I don't want to see like Arrow to me feels like it's the same thing over and over oh, and Arrow over again, gone right, right down the toilet. I, it's, it's just I don't get Arrow. I, I don't know. I don't understand what what happened. I mean, it was so good early on, but but you're right. It's just repetitive to the point, or even when it's not repetitive, it's just stupid. It it feels like you know been there, done that, which is like what happened to me with The Walking Dead, and that's what happened to me. It's kind of happened to me with Supergirl now. Uh, you know, I just I just feel like these these shows don't really stretch out very much. For whatever reason, I've stayed interested in The Flash. Uh, I've been watching Black Lightning so far, and it's been entertaining. It's been a little different than the other shows, so that that helps. Uh, but not a heck of a lot else. Like I said, I watched the I watched the beginning of The Punisher, but I haven't gotten too far into that yet. And that wasn't because I didn't like it. That was just because. You know, time. Um, mm. But I don't know. I, I I I guess if I can get tired of these things, then the general non-comic collecting public is going to have some fatigue over them too. Yeah, maybe it's. I mean, I I just haven't had. I mean, I, the only reason I've watched Jessica Jones this past weekend was because. Uh, I'm kind of on vacation for the next couple days, so I I stayed up late, late, late last night watching it, playing video games, and try, trying to do other stuff in the garage. So, but other than that, we, with work going on, I haven't had time to really keep up on anything. Yeah, and then then I get to, I get distracted too because uh, I was watching the next episode for uh, Listen to the Prophets. And then I found myself watching the next three episodes for Listen to the Prophets. <laughs> so oh, yeah. sometimes you get pulled in, you know? Yep. Yep. Now what's going to end up happening is I'm going to end up having to watch them again because by the time we record about those episodes, I'm not going to remember any of the finer details of those episodes. Eh, you'll, it'll come back to you. It's like falling off a horse, bike, something. What a bad metaphor person I am. So let's let's talk some ASM 131. Mm. It has a cover date of April of 1974. I don't have mics open right now, but I would suspect that means it came out about January 1974. Uh, the cover is by Gil Kane. I was going to say that was no, no, yeah, no surprise there. Uh, and what it's got is a. Uh, Nearly catatonic Aunt May in a uh, in a white wedding dress, like she's twenty years old, <laughs> and with, with roses on her old. head. Who wears this? Who wears shoulder pads that big? Well, it's certainly certainly not intended nice for a, for a, a septuagenarian. And, uh, nice day to marry Aunt May. Come on, oh, sorry, all right. She, she's marrying Doc Ock, and it, if you notice, it's it's kind of a sausage party because there's not one woman in the <laughs> uh, in the gallery watching the wedding. All these and, men are uh, are mad that they're not going to get a chance to marry her. But actually, I, I would have to suspect, just looking at the cover, that since they're all armed to the teeth, 
They're there to keep Spider-Man from breaking up the wedding. Hey, good job, because Spider-Man is jumping, jumping over them and shooting a web uh, onto the book of the officiator. I assume it's a Bible, but I don't know for sure. Uh, it's the Darkhold. And uh, Spider-Man's saying, no, this wedding will not take place. And Doc Ock says, but it will, Wallcrawler, over your dead body. And again, Aunt May is kind of catatonic because she's not even reacting to any of this. Well, that's all those. Yeah, but that's because all those roses have dug into her head and bled her out, and she's like, she's like about ready to pass out from la- loss from uh, blood loss. And then all those the thorns stuck in her head. The officiator is giving the line with this wing, with this ring, I the web. Huh? Insert laugh track. Insert seventies uh, sitcom laugh track. Now the actual title to the issue is "My Uncle, My Enemy." It's written <laughs> by Jerry Conway, penciled by Ross Andrew, inked by Frank Giacoya and David Hunt. Not Mike. Colored by Petra Goldberg. That I one never gets mistake. old, right? One mistake. <laughs> Lettered by Art Simic and edited by Roy Thomas. And I'm going to give the synopsis from the Marvel Wiki. And that reads as follows. Rushing to the estate of Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man arrives just in time to see that his arch-nemesis is about to get married to his Aunt May. Before Spider-Man can react, Hammerhead and his goons bust in on the marriage with guns blazing. Octopus fights off some of Hammerhead's men and manages to make an escape with Aunt May through a secondary exit. Spider-Man intercepts them and tries to stop Octopus from getting away, but he's knocked out. Octopus then makes his escape in a helico- with May in a helicopter. Witnessing this, Hammerhead and his men decide to follow after Octopus in the helicopter they arrived in themselves. Spider-Man, reviving from his blow from Dr. Octopus, secret- secretly hitches a ride aboard Hammerhead's copter. Back at Ned Leeds' Christmas party, Mary Jane realizes that Peter has ditched her. While Ned and Barry, Betty Brandt point out that Peter seems to be adjusting to her attention pretty well, in spite of the fact that Gwen recently died. Mary Jane feigns any desire to be in a relationship, leaves the couple, and Joe Robinson puts in his two cents about them, about Peter being stable enough to make his own decisions. While high in the air, Hammerhead's helicopter follows Doc Ox into Canadian airspace. There, they are led to an island off the coast of Canada to a nuclear facility which has been inherited by Aunt May following the death of a relative, the reason why Octopus was interested in marrying her. With both crafts landing down, another fight between Dr. Octopus and Hammerhead begins. With bullets flying, the shock is too much for Aunt May, who passes out. After a brief fight with Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man grabs his unconscious Aunt May and flies for New York City in an airplane from a nearby hangar. Meanwhile, Dr. Octopus enters the building and is mortified when he learns the facility's primary function is a nuclear breeder. When Hammerhead bursts in, Octopus warns Hammerhead that the slightest vibration can cause a violent explosion. Hammerhead doesn't heed this warning and charges at Dr. Octopus. Octavius dodges the attack, causing Hammerhead to ram into the control panel of the breeder. This causes the very type of explosion that Dr. Octopus warned them of. Spider-Man manages to fly out of the explosion just in time. Aunt May soon revives, but before Spider-Man can explain anything to her, the fact that she's sharing an airplane with Spider-Man causes her to pass out again. In New York, Mary Jane decides it's time to leave the party because she figures that Peter was not coming back. 
When Betty tries to get her to talk about how she feels about Peter, she says she can't bring herself to love Peter and that she cares too much about she cares about him too much to allow herself to do that. When Betty presses for more of an explanation, she tells her to leave it for another day and departs. That's the end of our issue. So now we can start taking a look at this bad boy. Start with the cover. Again, Aunt May is just too oblivious to what's going on, and that just bothers me when I look at this cover. Otherwise, I like it a lot. Yeah. I just don't know why she's not reacting to Spider-Man shooting a web directly over her head. She's been drugged. That's what it looks like. Definitely been drugged up. Look at the size of those roses. So... I guess we could turn to our splash page, and that's, I mean, you know, it's basically they look the same as they do on the cover. It's got Spider-Man looking through a window at it, and, and if you look, right directly behind Aunt May is a guy who's who's in tears over the wedding. Yeah, and then there's another guy. Uh, well, the, the only thing is that their positions are swapped. From the cover. Yeah, that's They're true. They're on opposite sides now, but that's you know. Yeah, she's still she's just as comatose looking here. Man, wow, she's really out of it. Spider Man says, "I don't believe it." As if I didn't already have enough problems, enough to sink a battleship. My own aunt, my own aunt is marrying my worst enemy. Doc Ock is marrying Aunt May, and I guess at this point, Doc Ock is his worst enemy because at this point, Norman Osborn is dead. Hmm. Because that's, that's the one thing I think, you know, when they say, oh, the Doc Ock is his worst enemy. Isn't Norman Osborn his worst enemy? But he died in Spider-Man 122, at least, seemingly, and remained right. dead for quite a, quite some time. Hmm. So, in turning the page, Spider-Man is uh, at the window, and he's expositing how he got there and exactly what's going on. And while he's trying to figure out what to do, his spider sense starts tingling. And, and then, you know, again, now we go to the point where Spider-Man's spider sense is does kind of whatever's convenient. Yeah, yeah, you because know, this isn't a direct danger to him, so why would he know? I mean, yeah. This is, you know, my spider sense is tingling. Something's about to happen. You know, <laughs> what is his spider sense, like the Watcher? You know? Do you oh, want he's sense? Here. Yeah, he's here, so something must be about to happen. Now, at least the MA does react as Hammerhead comes bursting through the door. You know, clearly, she's thrown off a little bit. She's yeah, a, yeah, see? She's got a really long that. arm there. Later, we'll see some really long leg. So, yeah. so do you always envision Hammerhead as the voice of uh, Edward G. Robinson? Actually, I hadn't. I'm not sure what I... I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I kind of see him as more of a Cagney kind of voice. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. I'll tell you what. It means, Preacher Man, it means you and the rest of Ox Pals are going to do, going to go sleepy by for about six hours. I'm starting to do Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. That'll do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm saying it's okay. <laughs> Trying to do Cagney for Mr. Roberts in there too. 
But these, these guys are like mortal enemies. So they come bursting through. He says, I'll tell you what it means, preacher man. It means you and the rest of Ox Pals are going to go sleepy pie, sleepy pie for about six hours. At least that's how long the stuff in these stun pellets will last. So they, they burst in there. And it's like, okay, we're just going to put you to sleep. Yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they just kill them? Well, because that's a code thing, I would say. That would be because they, they couldn't just shoot those guys because of the comics code, right? Yeah, oh, I thought you meant like a code of honor between thieves. No, no, that's, they wouldn't, they can't, they can't kill them because of the code. No, okay, I agree with you on that. It's a little silly, you know. though. Yeah, it's silly, yeah. It was probably, you know, my, my, you know, now that you say that, my guess is they submitted this and the comics, somebody at the comics code objected to it and then they, cha- they added the dialogue to change it. Yeah. You have to make it clear that they're not killing these people, you know, something like that. And then Doc Ock takes him out with his tentacles, which, you know, can't be, yeah, painless. Well, I don't think it has to be painless. I just think they can't, you know, shoot bullets at these people. Mm. Although the, the it does appear that they have regular guns. No, they shoot stun pellets. Yeah, okay. They've been specially modified. So they leave to complete this this sacred ceremony in a more in more <laughs> congenial surroundings. Rather. But what do they want? Why are they attacking us? That man said he wanted to kidnap me. Why? What does it all mean? He turns into Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Aunt May, the Nancy Kerrigan of Marvel Universe. So he. he Takes her outside and is quickly followed by Spider-Man. Oh, this is where we get to see Aunt May's leg. Yeah, she's showing a little leg there. It's uh, if anybody who know who likes really old movies, it's reminiscent of Claudette Colbert, and it happened one night. <laughs> I don't know if that would ring any bells for you. There's a vaguely it's, it's Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable, Jones and leg. They, they're trying to hitch a ride. Well, he's, no, trying, he's trying to hitch a ride and nobody's stopping and she just goes over and like hikes up her skirt to show a leg and the next car that comes by immediately stops. <laughs> We're talking a movie in the 1930s, man. It's old, man. It's old. But it's still good. So Spider-Man confronts the two of them and Ock takes him out with one punch of a tentacle. Hmm. Where was this? Yeah, where's your spider sense now? See, yeah. Yeah, see, I could, I could see that. <laughs> I could see Ock having Edward G. Robinson's voice and Hammerhead having Cagney's. <laughs> so, yeah, where's your Messiah now? Oh. I mean, just the the, the amount of <laughs> when you think about it, the amount of technology that these people have, it's just amazing. Ock goes over to some sort of box, he, he flips a switch, and a helicopter comes up out of the ground. <laughs> An underground helicopter pad. Yeah. I know. Was, where did they get all this money? Part of Ock's own private air force, according to Spider-Man's thoughts. The Ock, the Ock Air Force? Ock Force? Mm. Ock Force. I'll give him this. The man has class. <laughs> ah, dig it. An underground... This is Spider-Man. Dig it. Can you dig it? An underground <laughs> hangar. <laughs> Part of Ock's own private air force. I'll give him this, baby. The man has glass. Can you? Dig he it? he did not say baby. I know. I just added it, but he did say dig it. 
Yeah, he did. That's what, but you, you almost take away the effect of how how dated the dialogue is when you add in words of your own. <laughs> so the, hel- the helicopter starts taking off, and Hammerhead and his men are shooting at it, I guess, with stun pellets. Oh, sorry. I, and actually, he says that. The uh, uh, Hammerhead's guy says, it's no use, Hammerhead. These stun pellets can't penetra- penetrate metal. Boing, bing, boing, bing, 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 bang. Sorry, I got si- waylaid by the Columbia Records and Tapes ad. Now, when, when you used to read comics back in the days when they had these ads, even if you had no intention of ordering anything, wouldn't you sit there and kind of go through and say, well, if I was going to order it, these, oh, yeah. are the, these are the records I would get. Yeah, 11 tapes, and then I can only buy one. I could buy one more at full price and eliminate it. Oh, yeah, man. So did, you ever join, did you ever join one of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I joined this. I joined the uh, um, the Science Fiction Book Club. Yeah, been there. <laughs> yeah. I did oh, that. Yeah. I did this. I did the uh, I did the same thing for uh, VHS uh, tapes. DVDs. Yeah, VHS tapes, DVDs, the Disney Movie Club. I didn't do the Disney Movie Club, but I did do well, the Disney Christmas Ornament Club. Well, now it would be uh, pretty expensive now because you could get uh, – I mean, if they still have a Disney movie club, you can get all the Marvel movies and stuff. I gotta go online and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Conway Twitty, all right. All right. Anyway, back to the, back to the story at hand. So they they're shooting away at the helicopter. That doesn't do anything. Hammerhead says uh, he's waited too long for Ark to push me out of the scene. Now we'll use the bird we came in, which I guess he means his helicopter. He's got like an offspray design, the dual blade to the side helicopter that the Marines use now. So, oh yeah, Doc Ock was way ahead of technology. No, that I mean, one, uh, that uh, one's hammerheads. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's pretty wild looking, actually. Then we we got a, a an interesting an interesting angle and anatomy on Spider-Man shooting up with a web to try and get it, <laughs> and more more the angle than the anatomy, but just. Just kind of a cool shot by by Ross Andrew, I think. Oh, where he's shooting straight up with his, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, Luke uh, trying to attach himself to the bottom of the AT-AT in uh, Empire Strikes Back, except yeah. this took place before that. Maybe this is where they got that idea. Oh, sorry. So from from the island, as as the second helicopter takes off with Spider-Man as a uh, as a uh, what you call it, boy. Uh, I had the word in my head a minute ago. Anyway, Spider-Man's coming along with them. And uh, then we cut from there to Ned Leeds' party where apparently J. Jonah Jameson is holding court. Wow, that's a pretty creepy picture of J. Jonah Jameson, too. Either that or he looks like a doofus, one or the other. I think a little, little from column A, a little from column B. And then the next one is an interesting. That's a nice shot looking down like... At an angle, like an overhead shot on the party. It's you know the 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 figures look nice. They're not like really. It's just well done. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know the perspective all looks to be pretty decent in the way it's drawn. So I mean, because it could have just been a standard crowd shot at eye level with just everybody. You know, it's like there was a little bit of extra time taken to raise this up and look down on it, like you're like you're omniscient looking down. Yeah, you know, kudos awesome. to Ross Andrew for mm-hmm. being a little creative in his angle. Yeah. So, so then, uh, yeah, Ned, Ned and Betty start talking to Mary Jane. It says, 
You know, I've worked for JJ for quite some time, and I still can't believe one man holds such hot air, can hold such so much hot air. Say, Mary Jane, where did Peter pop off to? You've got me, Ned. Mr. Parker's giving Ms. Watson the cold shoulder. She's talking about herself in the third person now. He says, uh, she says she feels chilled, and Ned says, funny didn't seem that way to me, MJ. As a matter of fact, for a guy whose girl died so recently, I'd say Peter Parker is adjusting to things fairly well. Give him some time, he'll come around. And... Oh, wow, what a... Yeah, and then she's like, maybe so, but who cares? I felt like Peter can be a drag on a girl's career, know what I mean? But I think, you know, I think what, what Conway's trying to act. do here is, yeah, he's he's trying yeah. to have her put on the cold act, but not, you know, that that's not really how she feels. And, yeah. and then Betty picks up on that because she says to Ned, hey, you know, she's just, she's, you know, afraid, a little worried. Maybe she doesn't want to get as close as she thinks she is. So. Everybody's worried about Peter. Peter and MJ. And Joe Robertson comes in and tells Ned to mind his own business. Just mind your P's and Q's, mister. <laughs> now, do you think Robertson knows Spider-Man's ad- identity at this time? Hmm. Hmm. Possibly. So I'm totally convinced he did. Because he and uh, Gwen's father used to sit in talk about different things about Spider-Man and Gwen's father knew. Right. So I, I just, you know, and, and Robbie's just too smart. I, I can't imagine he didn't know. Anyway, he, he says, you know, Peter Parker is a bright young man with both feet planted firmly on the ground, which is juxtaposed with the shot of the helicopter that he's hanging on to. Hanging that so, he strapped himself to. So that's, that's pretty good writing there, I think. Pretty clever. And it's now ha- Hammerhead smoking a cigar in, in the helicopter. Oh, that can't be safe. And it's really being a douche thing to uh, the other guys around him. Hey, but he's the he's the boss. So, but um, so he's got what? What? It's not an adamantium plate in his head, is it? I well, at this it's, point, it's adamantium hadn't adamantium hadn't been. Uh, no, actually, it had been. Uh, that's what adamantium first adamantium first appeared uh, in Avengers 67 68 somewhere around there uh, you know and an Ultron had a, an a adamantium body at some point but uh, right he, I'm trying to remember now uh, hammerhead was first introduced in spider-man 115 114 somewhere around there uh, it could be adamantium I think it may be. But I don't know if they actually said it in so many words at this point. So Spider-Man's on the outside of a helicopter. Now think about how much the blades of a helicopter, how much noise they make. And he's on the outside. And they're inside talking, and he hears everything that's going on. So Because they're they're talking about you know trying to figure out what's going on, and Spider-Man's webbed onto the bottom of the helicopter. He says, so Hammerhead doesn't know the secret yet. Hmm. Must be why he tried to steal those documents. So he hears everything they say. He must have spider hearing. It's a spider sense hearing. 
Yeah. So the, the helicopter keeps going, and a little while later, uh, Hammerhead is getting all upset. It's no, it can't be. We didn't do all, all this for that, just for that. A crummy Canadian island. So that's where they followed Doc Ock to. Not just any island, Hammerhead. This is a rather special island, for it has one of the richest supplies of uranium found in nature and one of the world's most sophisticated nuclear breeding reactors to match. Now, what's a nuclear breeding reactor? I want to say... You know, I used to know. I used to be able to answer this somewhat intelligently. I want to say it's a way that you duplicate um, a certain certain um, radioactive elements. Okay. Use. Uh, oh, okay. A breeding reactor is a nuclear reactor that generates more fissile fissile material than it consumes. So basically, it. It creates an ex- These devices achieve this because their neutron economy is high enough to breed more fuel than they use from fertile. So they make more as they go. They're making their own fu- extra fuel, kind of. It's okay. Quick. Is that a theoretical uh, thing or is no, that a reality? Um, it's. I don't know if that's theoretical. You would think okay, something like that a, could a solve the whole energy crisis. Produces more fuel. Conventional reactors use uranium as fuel and produce some plutonium. Breeders produce much more plutonium, which can be separated and reused as fuel. So I guess like a side effect of, of the breeder reactor is there's excess you can turn around and reuse as fuel again. Like, you know, you have waste. I think maybe maybe there's not as much waste, like the waste, the stuff that comes off. I mean, I'm not a nuclear physicist. I mean, I can barely say the words. <laughs> so... Maybe if uh, one of our listeners out there uh, who has more time than I do, I mean, because all I figured out is that Hammerhead supposedly, it says uh, under Wikipedia, Hammerhead has no superhuman abilities, yet his skull is now surgically reinforced now. It doesn't say earlier. Reinforced with vibranium or adamantium. Well, no shit. I could have made that assumption, too. Making his head flat on top. Uh, he. Hammerhead is in peak physical condition comparable to that of an Olympic-level athlete that smokes cigars. <clears throat> is a bit stocky. <laughs> yeah, like, what is he? Is he is he akin to a shot put guy? And, 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 you know, what we, Olympic athlete are we talking about? We have the same problem that we have every time we have one of these type of uh, the heroes or villains where their power is specifically linked to one body part. So now he's got this, oh, let's just say adamant. You know what? We got to go vibranium because that solves the problem I have. Because if it's adamantium, all we're saying is he's got an incredibly strong head that's capable of, not, not capable of being harmed by anything he hits in, into it. That, but, well, again, that's, you know, but that's not going to solve you know, the fact that he's going to snap his neck when he runs into well, something. Vibranium, on the other hand, will absorb that, that yes. impact. Yes, that could... Yeah, because, well, not just that. Think of how many concussions he would have from his brain rattling around inside his head. So it would have to be... Well, he doesn't uh, seem particularly bright anyway, so... Okay, I had a few more times. Uh. But vibranium, at least, you know, you can, you can make the argument that it uh, absorbs the uh, energy and therefore, you know, he, he's not being harmed. 
So Oxplane lands. And he, was first, he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 113. Yeah. Oh I said 113, 114. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah, he hasn't been around yeah. long at all. At, this, at point. this point, yeah, he's only been around a couple of years. Yeah. So Anne-May is freezing, and Ock yells at one of the people, Dolt, get this dear lady a coat or I'll have your hide instead. And, and he whacks him in the face with his, with his tentacle. Wow. So they, they, oh, and luckily, 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 they just happen to have a fur coat for Aunt May that that fits her. Oh, Peter's gonna get on her about that. So and then then all of a sudden, uh, Hammerhead's helicopter op- opens fire on them. I guess shooting stun pellets. I'm at sure them. they're stun bullets. <laughs> and Spider-Man frees himself from the bottom of the plane. Oh no, he doesn't. He's He's still kind of there, and Hammerhead's going to ram his helicopter into the other one. That's a good plan. Idiot. Is that his only plan? Ramming speed! I'm going to ram into everything with my head, with my helicopter. (sighs) Ock picks up Aunt May and does his tentacle walk away, and Spider-Man comes off the bottom of the helicopter. Her legs don't look bad. She's got a... I know she's got no no like varicose veins no you know they're, they're pretty smooth and shapely looking there. Not a couple, not a bad couple of stems for a rabbit. <laughs> oh sorry. So it's a nice uh, shot of Spider Man. Nice shot of Spider Man doing like a you know where it's got three of them in one panel, kind of flipping and then oh, taking, yeah. taking out two of. Uh, I guess they're ox guys because they don't have the crazy uniforms on. Ah, uh, who cares? They're all the bad guys. Then he swings around and grabs Aunt May. But but Ock whacks him in the face, and only this time it doesn't knock him out. Hwang. This is uh, every time we meet, it's the same gig. You hit me, I hit you. When are we gonna grow up, Ock? Let's stop acting like kids. And Ak is apparently like out of control at this point because he says, "You dare call me a child? I have been Just called like many things, Spider-Man." Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. So he, he grabs Spider-Man by the, shirt. I guess at the shirt, yeah, by the shirt, and lifts him up and throws him. But he, but Spider-Man grabs his tentacle yeah. and, fl- and and returns the flav- favor by flipping him over. <laughs> Into the snow and then punches him. Now, Ak has no particular superpowers other than his other than controlling tentacles. his arms. Yeah. So when he he gets a, you get a you get two three shots in a row where Spider Man has hit him in in the jaw or the or the head. He should absolutely be unconscious at that point. And, yeah, because he's punching and he kind of is. He be out. Yeah, he he is at that point. Okay, turn and to the next page. Especially when he did the double fisted Kirk uh, slam. Double X handle, as, we, as they used to call it in professional wrestling. Oh well, yeah, I call it a Captain Kirk move. And anytime you use two hands, it's a Captain Kirk move for me. Well, Gorilla Monsoon called it a double X handle, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> okay, pleasant dreams, you pig. Oink. He should be dead. He <laughs> just snapped his neck. Yeah, really, right? I mean, he's just an average. He's a portly guy with arms attached to him that he can that he can control. All the strength is in the arms, not in his body. Yeah, again, not not really uh, know, much in the way of physics involved in that, <laughs> but okay. He he pulled his punch, is what we'll say. 
So Aunt May starts to pass out from the stress. And, oh. and Spider-Man uses his webbing to uh, give her something to fall on. Of course, why she doesn't stick to her at that point, I don't know. Because science? Because uh. plot. Exactly. And he takes the unconscious Aunt May and swings away. Swip, swip. At which point, Ock regains consciousness. Having re-regained consciousness. Oh, sorry. So at that point, Spider-Man goes into another one of Ock's expensive flying uh, <laughs> machines. It looks like uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of out, this cockpit's cockpit's been modified so that even an idiot pilot can <laughs> so that even an idiot can pilot it. It is a clever story plot moment. I'm not sure why why it's so easy. I mean, what <laughs> you know, if you've never driven a car before, it's really simple. You know, you turn the wheel, you step on the gas or the brake. But people take a good long time to learn how to drive. <laughs> so, so I'm not so sure it would be so easy to step behind the uh, you know the, behind the controls of a plane and say, oh, well, well they're they're easily labeled. Yeah, but I mean, he, we don't really see how he lands this plane. Yeah, he pulls off with a swoosh and says, New York, here we come. California, wait, no. New York City, here we come, right back where we started from. And then cutting back inside the complex on the island, Ak is saying, danger, atomic breeder. Good Lord, do you know what this means? Uh, no, boss. As as Hammerhead smashes down the door with his head and comes in. <laughs> Hammerhead, you blundering buffoon, be careful. This is an active nuclear breeder. The slightest vibration could set off a chain reaction. Ah, I don't care. <laughs> Big words, Ock. They don't fool me a bit. Just stalling while the old dame escapes. <laughs> he comes running right at Ock. Head, head down in ramming position. Ramming speed. It looks like Dot's uh, his tentacles have shrunk into him. Yeah, he must have been they in look, the pool. He's got shrinkage. Maybe it's the radiation. Well, they they are. I mean, they they do have like a telescoping ability, so he can. I've just never seen them that small. Usually, they're like huge, at least like six feet. Those look like to be about three to four feet long each one. So we don't see the actual process here. We see, you know, Ak waving him off while Hammerhead is running head down towards the reactor. And the next shot is a splash page of the island exploding. All right. How did the hell did they get out of this? I mean, you're the Spider-Man guy. How do they explain this? Well, they I blew up the entire island. I know uh, Hammerhead became, like, incorporeal and... You know, they, they oh, called him this? Hammerhead's ghost for a while oh. until he finally was able to reconstitute his body. His explosion was so big it blew him out of reality. But I don't remember how Ock survived. I don't, I don't remember how they explained that away. Hmm. We may have to cover that at some point. And so we cut to the plane where Spider-Man is headed for home. And Aunt May, looking more purple than ever, wakes up next to him. <laughs> says, oh, dear, oh, you're oh. that horrible Spider-Man. Where's Otto? What have you done with Otto? Well, she's all purple because she's all that bruising from those thorns from that head of uh, 
head of roses she's wearing. That crown of roses. And she quickly yeah. fell right back asleep again. Because she says, Mrs. Parker, please, you must try to relax. What I've got to tell you isn't easy, and frankly, I'd rather not try to tell it while I'm trying to figure out how to fly this plane. Mrs. Parker? Oh, pleasant dreams, Aunt May. (laughs) Don't mind the radiation you've just been exposed to either. We'll be fine. (laughs) And that's that's the end of Spider-Man there. So an island off the coast of Canada blew up and nobody really took notice either. uh, With with a giant nuclear uh, equipment on it and... What would you yeah. say, like the biggest supply of uranium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have just a, a four-panel epilogue, and it's, it's almost dawn, and the city painted white by the snows of Christmas and approaching New Year. So this is probably in December of 73 that this came out. Most of its the city's inhabitants are asleep now. Most, but not all. In the lobby of an east side apartment building, two sleepless citizens say their farewells. The hostess of a late party and her last remaining guest. And uh, at this point, Mary Jane says, maybe it's time I cut out, Betty. If Peter hasn't shown up by now, he he won't ever show. And <laughs> Betty's like, yeah, please, could you get out of here? We wanted to go to sleep. Get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Uh, Betty says, can I ask you a personal question? And Mary Jane says, you want to know how I feel about Petey, right? Whether I love him and all that. This is going to sound like a cop-out, but I don't want to love him. Can you dig it? Can I like the guy too it? much. I like the guy too much for that kind of scene. What kind of scene, Mary Jane? Listen, to, listen. this is getting too heavy. Let's leave it for some other time, okay? I need to sleep. I'll think about Petey tomorrow. Yeah, like Scarlett O'Hara said, tomorrow is another day. Next issue, The Molten Man. Molten Man. Do you know the Molten Man, the Molten Man, the Molten Man? Do you know the Molten Man that lives on Lava Lane? No, sorry. Alright, so is this the first time you ever read this? Yes. I mean, I've heard the story. This is the first time I've I've read... I mean, I knew the story, but this is the first time I've actually read the whole thing. What'd you think? Which is odd, because I've... You know what? I might have actually read this... Years ago, I had the... Uh, when they had the index books in the individual issues, mm-hmm. and I would read those. Like usually, I would read those. I know here comes Bill's too much information segment of the show when I was taking a dump. So I would sit there and read them, you know. And I would just, oh, I'll read one more issue. I'll read one more issue. And and it would have like the quick, you know, blurbs. But I still don't remember how they got out of this explosion thing. So. Yeah, it's been no, I, I just don't remember off the top of my head, so we'll have to see when that. And I bought the uh, like the Amazing Spider-Man when it uh, came out on CDs years ago, and you had to buy like I don't know twelve CDs for the entire series back back when they released that stuff. I want to say in the two thousands, late nineties. I had bought City this, was still open. I had bought this on the DVD, which was only on. Yeah, I think this, it was only on was one before disc. Before the DVD, it was only yeah, it was multiple cds but as i said i had bought this one new on the stands and it was like i said i don't know what what happened but all of a sudden it was like i went from casually picking it up on the stands to i'm collecting these things obsessive compulsive yeah oh absolutely no question about it but uh you want to rate this uh well well, um you you want me to rate it first Uh, up to you whatever you want 
All right. Um, the cover. I mean, the only thing that's really, I mean, maybe if Aunt May looked a little bit more lifelike. It's an Aunt May mannequin. I mean, that's what it looks like. I'd, I'd probably want to really give it an A, but I just, I don't know, man. Just, everybody else is so animated and realistic looking, and sh- that could be a cardboard cutout of Aunt May. <laughs> I mean, that's how lifelike it looks, or not lifelike. So I, I got to give it a like a B plus plus for the cover, and the interior art, you know, for Ross and uh, it's it's good. Um, let me see who did the inks, Giacoya. Yeah, there's no, it's you know we're not there's not too many. Uh, it wasn't obviously it wasn't collated to where you'd have you know a lot of blanks. I mean, there's a couple here and there, but they're excusable. Uh, you, you know what I mean by blanks. There's just yeah, well, I know what you mean. You know, um, and I really like that one at the party. That one we talked about that was up at the angle. Mm-hmm. Um, although the helicopter, yeah, the helicopters, the first one looks pretty cool, but Hammer's head really looks weird. It's a really weird design. Oh, you know what? I just got to. Wow. Guess what? Look All on right. page fifteen of the art. Yeah. Look at the. F- Hammerhead's helicopter at the face of it. It's flat. Oh, it's kind of got a hammerhead head on <laughs> it's it. Got a, it's got a ramming thing. Ramming it's speed! He, it's why he rams with it. I just caught that. Perhaps oh, today is a good day to die. <laughs> Jesus. I got, everything has to be flat around me. <laughs> That's his theme. <laughs> uh, so the art... Uh, I'm going to give the art a B++ as well. And the story, a a minus. Although I'm a little confused as to how they're going to get out of this, how they explain, how they get out. So uh, I guess we're looking at like a B plus, A minus book for me. Okay. I, from a personal perspective, I'm going to give the cover an A plus just because I love it. But Mm -hmm. to take it back to, you know, to be a little bit more objective... Uh, I pointed out the Aunt May mannequin on several occasions. It does bother me, uh, and it does take away from the cover. I think it would be. I think from an objective point of view, as opposed to nostalgic, uh, I think I'd want to give this an A, but the inanimate Aunt May would knock it down to a B. The interior art, I, I have a soft spot for Russ Andrew. Uh, Overall, I really like the art in this, and I think there's a lot of good action sequences in it. I think I think he, he knew how to draw a fight really well, and you see it in a lot of the shots here. Uh, some of his facial expressions left a little something to be desired every once in a while, but other than that, I think Ross Andrew was really solid. So I'm going to say a B-plus on the interior art. And story-wise... The biggest thing about it that just makes me crazy is the idea that Aunt May was going to marry Doc Ock and she wasn't even going to bother tell P- telling Peter. But she did manage to go out and get this fancy wedding gown and everything. So it's not like, okay, it just came up today. That's the one she got married with with, with, with ben? ben. Yeah. yeah the same roses. Uh, I don't know, just like that aspect of it just annoys me a little bit, like that she would do this without even speaking to Peter. Uh, but other than that, other than that, I kind of I like it. It's, it's, 
it's almost bordering on Silver Age silliness, but it's Bronze Age silliness. And, mm. uh, again, there's a nostalgic quality that would make me want to give it an A, but I'm going to just give it a B. And I'm going to say overall it's a B book. Okay. But it is one of my very favorites from a nostalgia point of view, because that's, that's how it got into my top five. I hear you. Yeah. And that's it for Amazing Spider-Man 131. 131. And the end of Doc Ock's love life. Bye-bye. No, no. Brada boom. Brada, 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 boom. <laughs> not not bye bye. Brada boom. Yeah, that's love life. Because that's what the island did. Brada boom. That's like what happens when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Again, TMI. Oh, sorry. What do you think, Ben? Is that what happens when I go to the bathroom? Brada boom. Eh. eh. Both. Both. <laughs> All right. So we have a relatively short episode today, but. Do we have any email? We actually we have a couple of emails. We could read a few. I, uh, okay. I'm 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 behind on email. I need to first one is from Socrates Alvarez. In fact, I owe a big shout out to Socrates because he recently sent me a copy of Marvel Two and One Number One. Ooh. Very nice, right? And nice. that that leaves me at only needing number five to complete that collection of Volume One. So thank you very, very much, Socrates. And I think I'm going to make a point of covering that issue in the near future. Mm. His, his you, email, what's that? Did you, uh, no, go ahead. His go email ahead, is titled uh, Comic Book Covers. Good evening, guys. I went to the comic book shop with my sons tonight, and they each picked out cool back issues. My youngest picked up the Heroes Return Avengers number one, I was lucky enough to see his face when he saw the cover for the first time. It's really a cool Perez Avengers cover that I also love. What are some really cool covers that stick out in your memory? Best regards, Salvarez S. Al- Socrates S. Alvarez the Third. Uh, that's a good question, and I've been—I think I had suggested recently to the guys that we do a uh, Freaky Five of our five favorite comic covers. I'm not sure if we're going to do it because I'm just not sure if our efforts to do a Freaky Five are on hiatus now that uh, Comic Book Monthly Monday might be back. I don't know if it's back or if that was a one-shot. So we'll see. But I would say, for me, uh, it's interesting. Like If you look in the covers, a lot of times the ones that are the most meaningful have been the most homaged or the most meaningful issues. And those are the ones that are really kind of the best. I'm thinking like uh, Avengers number four, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, uh, Fantastic Four number one, Action Comics number one, Batman number one, Detective number 27. Like those are all great, great covers. And they are on great, great issues. So that stands out to me. That said, I haven't sat down to do my Freaky Five list, so I don't know which ones would be on that list. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Amazing Spider-Man number 100, that cover. A lot of times, it's funny because a lot of times I criticize the covers for having poster images, but some of the ones that stand out in my memory are poster images like Spider-Man number 100. Any thoughts, Bill? Hmm. 
I was just running through some in my head. One of the ones that popped into mind was the we had done a uh Teen Titans book with Tom Panarese, the one where they're like in the bullseye. Oh yeah, yeah. That was bombs coming down. Yeah, that's a that that's Perez cover. I, I was like I think that was like if I recall, that was like one of the first um Titans books that I bought. Because I was able to get in while it was still relatively new on the ground floor before they like went up in price, um, and then there's a bunch of X Men ones and and Burn FF that always come to mind. Uh, uh you know I had I know you had mentioned this, but I hadn't really dug into it yet to actually pick any out, so. You know what? You know what? I'm thinking too. Uh, some of some of the most memorable covers, consistently, if you look at them, uh, Jim Steranko, covers that he did for issues of uh, Strange Tales with uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, or even Nick Fury. Yeah, Agent with of the Shield very covers. was it? What did they call it then? Was it pop art? Yeah. The, or even the, he he did a, a, a run on Captain America in the early, in the early 100s. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of his covers were very very memorable. And those are those. A lot of those have been homaged over the years. I think if you look at uh, what's called Marvel Zombies and the covers they homaged, a lot of times those are the best covers. Oh yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah, they oh they did a uh, from the nineties like the the X Men when they relaunched the X Men. Mm-hmm. That was done. Uh, I'm just. Writing something down real quick so I don't forget because I wanted to come back to it. Um, uh, some of the Ramita um, Junior covers of the X Men, I was like, oh, uh, that, yeah, those a lot of those come in the era where I wasn't actively collecting, and I'm not sure that they made a big impression on me. Mm. You'd have to actually show me some to. To get to get opinions out of me on those, I yeah, really I, on. I'd have to go back and look. All right, why don't we do uh, one more piece of email before okay. we call it a day? And the next one, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give you a break, and I'm reading another one. Uh, it's from Richard Shannon. Uh, Dear Paul Scott and Doctor Bill, enjoy the show, and when hearing that you guys are thinking of doing a DC Spotlight type show, I wanted to add a couple of suggestions. Some of my favorites are Judas Contract and the New Teen Titans, Kingdom Come, Identity Crisis, and the Court of Owls storyline from Batman DC New 52. So long for now, Rich, Rich Shannon. Well, Rich, I gotta say, you, I've read every one of the ones that you just mentioned there. I mean, you know, not, a, not you, like that's a big deal. And I would, read uh, Court of Owls? Yeah, I did. I haven't read the Court co- co- that. Blah, blah, blah. It was it was it was pretty entertaining. I don't know I don't know if I'd hold it as in as high esteem as I would the other ones that he mentioned there. But I mean, the only thing I know about the Court of Owls, other than briefly hearing it mentioned in the comics, is that they had a whole line of it in um, the Gotham TV show about what the Court of Owls was—a mm-hmm. group of families basically in control of Gotham since its founding. Pretty much was what I got out of that. Yeah, but I would say all all of those are uh, are potentials to do. I I, I kind of like all of them. So good good suggestions, Rich. Thanks. Mhm. Oh, one other thing I wanted to ask you 
comic-wise is uh, I know we did the show, the one-off show about uh, new new comics, and we talked about Marvel two, 2 and 1. Have you read any other follow-ups? I mean to, but I have not. All right, because issue 4 just came out last week, so I wasn't sure if you had read past issue 1. Is it worth not. reading? Uh, I think I've read I, I, I haven't read four yet, but up to three, I had no problem with it. All right. Well, I will keep it in mind, and I probably will be reading it. Okay. All right. I think, uh, I think at this point we'll, we'll call it a night. So I'm starting Already? to wear down a little bit. And, uh, Batteries. Your breeder reactor needs charging? Yeah. I mean, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run up to my bed and just hammerhead it. <laughs> <laughs> hammerhead your pillow. And it'll explode. Feathers everywhere. <laughs> Come on. Got to go to bed. It did like a hammer. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. What other uh, Lionel Richie? Hello, is it me you're looking for? Dancing on the ceiling. Oh, what the feeling to be dancing on the ceiling. It's kind of sad that I actually know some of these songs. What else is there? What did he do? <laughs> Brick House. He did that? Or well, that was with well, the, that was the Commodores. She's a brick, a shit house. Wait, sorry, no, that's not the word. I'm just, sorry, my bad. Was uh, was it him with the once, twice, three times a lady? Is that him? Yes. You know, once, twice. What's the next number? Three times, lady. I love you. Because you once, twice, three times, lady. Uh, that wasn't one of my better Arnolds. No, that, that was that was a lesser Arnold, I have to admit. <laughs> that was a lesser Arnold. <laughs> Let's see, what else what's, What else do we have here? As long as we're going through the Lionel Richie... Lionel Richie songs. Mm, all night long. long. All night long. All night. All night. All night. All night long. Got us. Dancing on the street, dancing on the street all night long. Uh, Endless love. Oh, wait. 
That's in that song, I think. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Well, that's in the... I can't even do it in, in English, let, let alone Arnold. Say you, say uh, me. It, <laughs> say you, say me. Say it together. That was from, uh, what, you, what uh, White Knights? I think so, yeah. yeah. Sail On. That was actually not a bad song, Sail On. I... That is not ringing a bell. I, I probably would know it if I heard it. It's it's probably, you know, it doesn't ring a bell because it's not a bad song. And then when you think Lionel Richie, you're thinking, like, all this cloying crap. Hmm. Let's see. Words had love. No, that's horrible. It was a gas. Zoom turned out. Had a heart of glass. New from KTEL, Arnold sings the 70s, all your greatest 70 hits that you didn't know you needed to hear from a man who can barely speak English. <laughs> disco, disco duck. <laughs> dance and dance. Uh, and of course, we got to do. Let me see. Uh, oh man, I'm trying to do Arnold. Arnold doing the Bee Gees. Uh, <clears throat> you try for. I might, hurt, uh, I might hurt myself. You might. Hold well, you on. could. You could do. Uh, How can you mend a broken heart? Or. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, I got to get some lyrics. Give yourself one of the slower ones there. How Bee deep Gees. is your love? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I know your eyes in the morning sun. I feel you touch me in the pouring rain. And the moment that you wander far from me, I want to feel you in my arms again. And you come to me on a summer breeze. Keep me warm and you love, then you softly leave. And it's me you need to show. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I really mean to learn. Cause we're living in a world of fools. Breaking us down. When they all should let us be, we belong to you and me. La 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 la. la. <laughs> That's all I can do. That that hurts my voice sometimes. <laughs> ah. 